All the latest news, views and reactions to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and thank you for tuning in to 442FM. I got, I got the, the name right. You did, uh, you spelt it correctly. Yes. That's a good start. You had one uh, job. <laughs> I'm Adam, and Sean Connery here, I mean Kevin Ayres. Zodos. Con Stamacostas. Lovely to be here. And uh, Johnny Davison is with us uh, via the multimedia uh, FaceTime, and we've also got Periscope live stream on so say hello John yeah great to be here guys <laughs> not, that you're, not that you're tired and sleepy at all <laughs> and it's showing in your voice I've just, just woken up from the um, Australian Macedonian slumber so this yep, is yep. pre-coffee pre-coffee podcast for John <laughs> Davidson just to, um, to to let our listeners know where exactly you are, I don't want you to describe your room or anything again um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but where, where precisely are you uh, I'm in uh, Sheffield in the UK. It's a lovely 7.03 in the morning. 7.03. It would have been 6.03 um, last weekend. Like, this time last week, so uh, at least... We're doing you a favour. We changed the, yes, t- we changed yeah. the clocks just for this. And uh, for those who, who, who've, who've seen me and met me, beauty sleep um, yeah, is, is something I definitely need. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lovely cowlick happening, I must say. With that hairstyle of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right, well, this is the, this is the customary uh, three, four minutes of nonsense before yeah. we actually start talking football. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've done that. Yeah. We've done that. We've, we've ticked that box. I can, I can tick nonsense off. Moving on. Moving swiftly on to... Um, reason, minute- reason we've got John in the house. Yes. Yes, we so we, uh, we we hooked him up. The four four two foreign correspondent Johnny D Davidson. I had an extra D in there. What's your middle did? name, John? Ah, uh, that's because it's my middle name, and also because John Davidson is similar to probably Adam Jackson in terms of a very popular mm. Anglo name. Right there we go. So, so you didn't add, you D. didn't actually add yeah. an extra D. There is a D. There is one. Yeah. Things you find out. We're just fact mad we go. on this podcast. This is why people tune in. <laughs> I mean, I mean, awkward Breaking introductions. The front, the awkward introductions continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you'd like it to continue a bit more? No, no. no more. Let's get straight. <laughs> moves. Moving, moving on. Man. Moving on. Our last time's is long enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Yeah. No middle names. Okay. okay. Well, there you go. All right, See, that's, second fact. That, that, that's names ticked off. All right, John, you're going to have to give us a bit more insight into uh, into this. Let's start with the Germany uh, soccer game on Thursday morning. Uh, well, it's Thursday morning our time. Um, yeah, you, were you there? Yeah, I was. Um, oh, you've gone muffled. Come back. We've lost you. Can you hear me? That's better. That better? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, got into Germany on the Monday and um, left obviously Thursday Thursday evening, Wednesday night game in Germany and yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, um, Socceroos really only trained twice um, because of the, the sort of short lead into the game. Um, but, you know, the, the performance was amazing. There was 45,000 people at the Fritz Walter Stadion 
Um, mm. That's probably not how you say it in German, but <laughs> um, that's what I'm going with. And um, yeah, I mean, what a what a first performance since the Asian Cup final. You know, almost a win against the world champions. Yeah, they came racing out the blocks, didn't they? Uh, I mean, it really was a ferocious start. Uh, from the, the Socceroos I mean they really never gave the, the Germans a second to settle down um, was that something that uh, Ange had specifically requested ordered yeah well I think um, yeah there was a uh, probably more cynicism from the from the journos the, the, the Aussie journos obviously there wasn't a huge amount but there was a handful of us and I think um, you know, considering there was five first team players out you know no no Cahill, no Luongo, no Speranovic, no Sainsbury, no Cruz. Um, there was, just, you know, I think. Uh, well, I think my tip was three nil Germany. Um, so it you know, shows how, how confident I am. Um, but yeah, I think in, in true Ange style, he you know drilled in confidence into his players. He, you know, he's got his system that he likes to play and sends them out there with no fear and, and to do their best. And that's exactly what they did. And sort of caught the Germans a little bit unaware. I know. They rested quite a few players, but you know you still got the quality that they have. Um, there's really no no excuses, so uh, it was it was great to see, and yeah, it would have been lovely to see a two-one win, obviously. Yeah, I mean, for all that uh, you know, we we looked good on the park. Surprisingly, the stats don't reflect that uh, at the end of the match. I mean, we. Uh, we only had 40% possession, I think it was. I'm just looking through my paperwork, which is why you can hear me f- shuffling. Uh, yeah, 40.3% uh, possession. Germany had 59.7. Um, we won more... We were 50-50 just about with the duels. We won a lot more aerial duels, which is presumably testament to our back line. But if you look at the uh, the heat map of where the players were... The Germans were pushed so far forward. Mm. I mean, they really played in our half uh, for most of the game. If you look at the the heat map, at least, uh, whereas we barely made it out of our own half, uh, according to you know average positions. It was really interesting. We seemed to have a slight overload to the left as well, uh, which I didn't really notice at the time, but in hindsight, um, it's clearly there. But yeah, they're. Uh, Two strikers were on top of our defenders the whole time, all yeah. match long. And that is a very sort of typical German style, isn't it? When you've got Neuer that plays effectively like a sweeping centre back, yep. doesn't he? Yeah. Rather than a goalkeeper, um, so that's that's why. And and at certain times you could you could see he was missed doing yeah. that role. Yeah. Yeah, interestingly though, we noticed uh, during the Asian Cup that uh, Ryan was pushing forward and doing a bit of a noir. He yeah. stayed firmly in his goal line, according to the uh, the post-match stats mm. for most of the game. Uh, so yeah, I don't think there were any they were taking any chances in that regard. But we could have been up what two, three nil up by halftime, uh, quite easily. Yeah, yeah. I remember the, there was obviously the the, the lucky chance early on. There was the, the Burns header. Um, you know we. We seemed to have a lot of chances early on, and then the Germans sort of settled after about 15 minutes. Well, after they scored, I think it was 12 or 13 minutes, yeah. Standout performances? I thought uh, Burns was pretty good again. And what I thought was, what's really surprised me was our midfield of Mark Milligan, Mila Yerinak, and Matt Mackay. Um, surprised me. They, they held their own against Mesut Ozil, Marco Royce, and Goethe. 
And um, Gundogan as well, who plays for Dortmund. I thought that was remarkable, the way our midfield um, wasn't overrun. I thought Yerenak, um let a few passes uh, go. Um, yeah. Which is customary for Yedinak. I, I, I just thought Yedinak had a typical bad Yedinak game, to be <laughs> honest. And once again, as soon as he uh, he scores a goal and everything uh, is forgotten about the you know the misplaced passes and the, the dodgy tackles and interceptions, uh, he does his job and he occasionally gets the scorcher from the free kick or long range, uh, which kind of overshadows everything else, thankfully for him. And I thought also um, Troisi would have said a big thank you to Hogor Osiek for firing him up with those pre-game comments too. Um, I think it's great that Holger is a more motivational manager now that he's no longer coach <laughs> of the Socceroos than he is he ever was when he was coach. Uh, you could see that Troisi had heard those comments yeah. and was actually proven wrong, and he did. Big stuff. Um, strangely enough, we never heard anything more from Holger after the match, did we? <laughs> <laughs> no, we asked him. We asked Tracy about that um, straight after the match, and he was pretty calm, pretty calm and collected. Um, you know, responding to that, he just said, "You know, Holger never liked me, um, but you know, I'm, I'm enjoying my football. His opinion now doesn't matter." And yeah, it was he was he was spot on. <laughs> well, I think you know, again going back to Holger's judgment on players, he was, I think, the last manager to ever select Lucas Neal in the first team. Yeah, he considered well. Lucas Neal to still be international quality and captain, and nobody, not even a League Two side, has considered him first team <laughs> oh, no. material. Actually, did, did, did Ange did Ange pick, pick him in the Costa Rica game, his first game in Australia, and he got booed? Or maybe I'm wrong there. Was that the Costa Rica game? We can it? edit that out. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he actually, actually might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he dropped him after that. But yeah, uh, as far as Hogo was concerned, he was bolted on. And so yeah, through after think, one game, and I nobody think, else has employed him since as a <laughs> as a first team player. Well, I think it's an, it's amazing actually how many players Holger gave debuts to, like you know Bayic and um, Davidson and Rogic and Lecky. But he just sort of gave those debuts. But then sort of I remember often some comments like, "Well, yeah, they didn't do very well." And but that, that was the thing; sort of, he set them up to fail. He would yeah, draft in yeah. a whole load of debutants. Give them a shot yeah. in a side that had no spine of experience. Uh, they would inevitably not perform to the best. The team wouldn't perform to its best, and uh, as a result, you could turn around and say, "Well, look, I gave them a shot, and they weren't—they're not up to it." Uh, it yeah. had to be an evolving process that he was never a part of. That was a problem. You can't just throw yeah. a new side together, ex- throw it out on the pitch, and expect uh, wonderful things. He was—he uh, was—it was designed to fail. So, so let's let's the talk contra- about. Oh, sorry, John. Uh, let, let's talk about the, say, yeah, the the contrast with Ange and someone like Massimo Longo is just you know so different. Um, Absolutely, you know, and other yeah. players, other players as well. So it's yeah. Mm. Talking of, of of players not necessarily getting getting the opportunity, um, Luke Devere. What do you think he went? Yeah, I think it was yeah. a solid performance. Um, I could I, there was nerves. I think if I remember rightly, in his first. 20 minutes, 25 minutes, but then after that he settled down. Um, uh, I thought De Vee was responsible for the two goals that Australia copped um, in terms of his positioning. Uh, mm. He lost his man in the first goal um, and then sort of went for a wonder in the second goal was ball watching, but um, Franich had a part to play in that as well. Though, but he second. did show in the, I, think, I think the key moment for him, and I think um, uh, John may ask about this, is when he uh, w- 
in the 92nd minute, um, a German player was running down the field and David was caught up to him and did a last gasp, gasp tackle. And I think Ryan said to him, that's what it takes to be in the Socceroos, mate. Mm. And I think that's what Ryan said um, in post-match press conference too. Um, did you speak to Matty Ryan about that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, he was he was the last one to, to come out, Matty Ryan, and um, that's that's one of the, the things he told us after the game. I think um, we were all quite, the, the, the Aussie media that was at, in, in Kaiserslautern, we were all quite surprised that um, Devere actually started. I think most of us expected Bailey Wright to start, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with Trent Sainsbury unavailable. So it was a bit of a sort of a curveball with Devere, and I think he... You know, he was a bit of a rabbit in the headlights the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, but he really improved as the game went on and, and finished quite strongly, I think. Yeah. I thought Wilco's had a couple of good games now, actually. Mm. I mean, I've not been yeah. Wilco's the biggest fan in the Socceroos, but last two games, I have actually been very impressed with him. Uh, yeah. He's done everything that you would expect of him, uh, and he's been the defender I'd always hoped he would be for the Socceroos. I uh, just hadn't actually lived up to it previously. I thought he did very well. Yeah, he was... He was outstanding in that second half. I mean, I think there was a number of challenges that he made, um, and he, he was saying after the game he, he came off because he had cramp. He didn't, he didn't want to come off. He was enjoying, he was joy, enjoying it out there. But um, it was a strange game. It was just so open. There were so many chances left and right. I mean, Matty Ryan, if you can remember, made some important saves early on. You know, they yeah. could have been up by a few goals, and then obviously we had a number of chances as well. So it was strange for a friendly that the game was was so open and so free flowing. Yeah, they also, I mean, the, sorry, talk over you. The, um, uh, <laughs> just gone past the bit I was looking for. They had about 20 shots, uh, the Germans. Uh, find the page. There we go. 20 shots, six shots on target. Uh, so at least four good saves required of Matt Ryan. Uh, yeah. to keep the scoreboard level whereas by contrast we only had three shots on target uh, and scored with two of them so that's pretty efficient uh, shooting yeah and with no Timmy as well yeah exactly John can I just ask you um, what was it like the build up um, before the game what were the Germans because um, the Germans haven't been doing that well in the Euro qualifying What? because what were the Germans thinking they were going to get out of this game and what did they th- um, think after the game were they um, I'd like to know what they thought because, um, yeah, they have, the, the press can be notorious over there. You got muffled again? You can hear me now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. It was quite interesting that the post-game uh, reaction from, from the Germans. I, I can remember um, Ange coming in straight after the game and, you know, a massive media, uh, amount of German media probably... You know, fifty or sixty or more, and no one really wanting to ask him a question. He was just sort of sitting there uh, with a you know, semi smile on his face, and um, huh. obviously we yeah, had to wait till the um, till Liam Fitzgibbon from AAP asked the, the first question. And I think there was maybe one question from the German media, but it was a very short and sharp um, press conference. They really didn't want to want to know. Um, I think the German media were, were very happy at all. And speaking to a few people the day after, um, as I was getting my train out. Uh, yeah, just just one fan. Uh, yeah, it was. I think shocking was the word he used the game. So they weren't particularly pleased. Um, and obviously they're they're trying a bit of a new system. The the back three that they used as well. Um, so there's a bit of 
but uh, yeah, not a lot of happiness, I guess, around low at the moment. But they, they beat Georgia. I think it was two nil a few days later, which was mm-hmm. obviously the important Euro qualifier. So that was. I think they had one eye on that game, but um, yeah, not not a good night for the Germans. It was a good crowd though, forty five thousand. Uh, were they expecting? Yeah, were they turning out expecting to see a romp poem? Do you think? Uh, yeah, I think they were. Yeah, expecting to see a victory and probably an easy victory. Um, you know, I think there's 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 respect between the two nations. I know um, uh, Lowe was um, you know talking a lot about Ange and giving Ange a lot of um, raps the the day before, or two, sorry, two days before the game, the final press conference. You know, he'd obviously done his research, or or perhaps the German media manager had done his research and, and given Lowe a good little uh, brief. Um, but you know, I think he, the words he was saying was something like, um, you know, they've changed from a traditional British sort of style to you know, more modern and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think that there was a bit, bit of an element of surprise, though, because I don't think they expected us to do as well as we did and, and you know, probably expected us to sit back a bit more and, um, you know, sit behind the ball. But, um, yeah, they, they, they got a bit of a rude shock, I think. It, it, it was interesting, actually, um Lowe's com- comments before when, when, when he was saying that and he actually likened the Socceroos resurgence to the Germany resurgence on, uh, under him and he said like they had a, a similar um, sort of game plan really that they had to change this sort of ultra defensive um, hard to break down team into this sort of fast high pressing attacking team so that was uh, th- that was probably quite a nice um, sort of pat on the back for, for Ange Yeah I think if we can replicate what the Germans have done and you know, win a World Cup and get to a Euro final. Well, if we get to a Euro final, that'll be some sort of bizarre world. But um, that, 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 yeah, we'd, we'd be doing all right. I don't think we've had the revolution that the Germans had in in two thousand. But um, obviously, we've had a, a rejuvenation and uh, an evolution, perhaps. Um, well, although surely, like you mentioned, us, uh, Australia playing in Europe, we've we've conquered Asia now. So can we just keep w- moving round the continents until we've we've completed <laughs> the set? Yeah. It's like levelling up. <laughs> it's just moving that, up a level. <laughs> Slightly bigger American. bosses at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, South American do that with Copa America, don't they? Every every now and then they have um, they, they they enter someone in sort of as a novelty thing. I think the Americans played in there. The, you know the United States. Oh, the Gold Cup thing that they've got yeah, over there. Like, yeah, they do. They, well, they take in wild cards. Japan was in it cup last time, I think. Yeah, we should. I think we should get in there. Yeah, that's a good call. Go for it. I remember when we were in Brazil and we talked to uh, Ange about the results that he'd been getting against uh, Holland uh, and Chile, and he was quite clear that he didn't want us to be going in as the underdogs and you know a, a, a result of any kind. You know, a brave performance wasn't good enough. They were looking to be going in as equals and coming away with wins. Was he still saying? The, was his attitude still the same, or does he think that we're now being taken a bit more seriously and we're not quite the underdogs and surprise packages that we were in Brazil? Yeah, I think um, I think there was there was an element of that, but there was also you know uh, you know disappointment that we didn't win the game. Um, I got that particularly from the players as well, particularly Matt Ryan. Um, he was he was very disappointed, you know, not to sort of hold on to a two-one lead with what was it? I think nine minutes to go. That's the mentality um, so we want, was, though, isn't it? Sorry, that's the that's the very mentality that Ange has been yeah. trying to breed. 
Exactly, exactly. You know, the were the players sort of weren't high fiving themselves. You know, they were they were pleased to get a result. You know, to get a draw against the world champions on their home patch. But you know, they 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 were realizing that the win was there and that was the main achievement. So I think um, you know this morning's game or last night's game in in Macedonia, there'll be a bit of the same. You know. Um, probably not as, as clinical and you know not the right result that they would have deserved um, against the Macedonians so but yeah I think I think Ange just keeps wanting them to go to the next level and keep pushing it's not this okay we've won the Asian Cup we can rest for a while go easy through the quali- World Cup qualifiers and then you know start up it's it's keep improving and you know you want to win every game and you want to play well every game and uh, it's great to see yeah which brings us neatly on to... Well, I, I, I've, got, um, uh, I've got a question about Matt Ryan, actually. You mentioned before when uh, he was you know, patting, on, uh, patting Devere on the back and saying, you know, that's, that's what it takes to be a soccer player. Um, and in, in this issue of 442, when you had a chat with, uh, with, with Matt and he talked through the, the Asian Cup rap, um, it's interesting to, like, how he speaks now as to, you know, six months ago... He feels and he sounds a lot more confident and more in himself and in him in his position as the number one goalkeeper. And can you see that when you speak to him more, more and more that he is maybe becoming more of a voice in that dressing room and uh, and yeah, a bit a bit more of a leader from the back. Yeah, yeah, and I think you mentioned it before about the the sweeper keeper sort of role he he plays. I mean, I think he really is. Sort of the leader um, in that in that Australian defence, and I think we all sort of forget that he's still only 22 because he's you know been around for five years. Mm-hmm. But you know, for a goalkeeper, that's you know that's nothing <laughs> when, when you've got 42 year olds getting around, and um, you know you know you, you sort of your primes in, in really in your 30s as a keeper. Um, he, he's come on massively in the last in the last 18 months, um, and I think that's really just down to experience and age and. You know, comfort in terms of the national team and playing in Europe as well is in his uh, third season, uh, or sorry, second season, I, I think, in, mm-hmm. in Club Bruges. And, um, you know, they're, they're top of the league, they're in the quarterfinals of the Europa Cup. Um, you know, he, he's having another great season. So it's just it's just down to um, down to experience. And he, he, it's like he's grown another leg in terms of the national team. He learned a lot from the World Cup, he's, he said himself, and you know, he was outstanding in the Asian Cup. I think, yeah, that was the interesting point, I thought, because after the World Cup, he did admit that he was shocked by the level of playing that there was, the the level of skill that was required at the World Cup, Mm. and he he realised he was going to have to raise his game to another level, and I think he's now more confident that he has actually done that uh, and can hold his own, and when he's saying to De Vere, that's what you need to do for the Socceroos, that's because he discovered it himself Mm. in the past year, uh, just how how hard you have to go. I just want to ask you, John, did you ask him about the goals that the Socceroos considered? Because I think um, I'm seeing a little bit of a pattern with um, Matty Ryan. That when there's a low um, shot or a low cross that's uh, across his body, I think that's a bit of a weakness for him. Um, did you ask him about that? Because I think some of the Fox Sports commentators were um, you know, sort of saying that he was at fault a little bit. I, I don't think you can blame him fully because it was a very good German move that, um, that got the goal. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, we did ask him about that. I'm just trying to uh, cast my mind back exactly to his his comments, but um, I think he, he, he remembered he talking about the first goal and how I think the um, Royce he said got a, a toenail um, to the ball, and it, I think he was a little bit you know sort of questioning, you know, wondering out loud whether he could have done better for the first one. Um, but yeah, I think he was a little bit disappointed with that one. I think the second one wasn't really yeah, it wasn't he done fault. much, but yeah. 
But the fifth, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's um, he's 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 very uh, good with uh, his confidence. Like his his confidence is up, but I just think sometimes that low ball across um, is his weakness a little bit. Which is probably why he got dropped for the second game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, the Maccas took on the Socceroos this morning here. Former Yugoslavian Republic of Macedonia. Firam. Because otherwise you lot get very angry, oh, don't I, you? I was I was actually practicing in my mind if that was gonna be brought up, but I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm Australian and that's all that matters. I'm not bringing any political discussion. <laughs> it is a very touchy subject. All I wanna say is you lot, isn't it? Um, Alexander was Greek. No, anyway, he's <laughs> <laughs> He was a Slavic, mate. He was a Slavic. Are we talking about the compare the maker? Macedonian's Greek. He's Russian, isn't he? <laughs> I thought it was quite funny that the Macedonians are so out to annoy the Greeks now that they've actually started putting up statues of Alexander oh, the Great yeah. Yeah. to try and claim that heritage, that history, <laughs> just to piss the Greeks off. It was great. Oh. pointing at me again. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Australian, mate. I'm Australian. Yeah, you, you, all you worry about is crowded house and pavlovas, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you lay claim to. <laughs> All right then. So, who wants to talk me through this morning's game? Um, I'm just about to fall asleep again, just at the thought <laughs> of it. Well, I was upset that Halgarasi didn't say anything about any other strikers that we yeah, had. We need to roll him out every every pre-game just to give him a bit of a, a kick up the uh, backside. Holger, that Tim Cahill, what's he ever done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. useless, useless. He'd never be in my team. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was it was a useful game. It's it's one of those games that we needed to play, but preferably without any TV cameras or crowd there, and certainly no bloody Vuvuzela <laughs> horn things that we get subjected to. Uh, it was the kind of game that we we need to learn how to play out uh, because we're going to get faced with these World Cup qualifiers where. Smaller teams are going to try and shut us down, park the bus, and we need to learn how to expose them, expose the weaknesses, and find the goal. And unfortunately, we didn't do that. Uh, and it was 90 minutes of tedium, to be honest. Well, I thought um, the Socceroos may have missed out on a famous win against World Cup champions Germany, but it wasn't a famous draw against Macedonia. Mm. And it was reminded me of those uh, friendlies that the Socceroos played before the Asian Cup, uh, and I think th- th- one of the good things about this game is it gave Bally Wright a chance to play some more minutes. Uh, also, we had Chris Economides making his debut. Um, that was a really proud moment um, for uh, Chris Economides. I don't know if you saw the uh, interview post-game, but he was buzzing. I haven't seen a Socceroo that excited to make his debut for a long, long time. I mean, um, let's face it, he is the first soccer, first player to make his Socceroos debut before he's made a senior team yeah. debut since 1991. So first in a generation. Mm. Uh, so and who, who was that? Who was in the 90s? Yeah, that was somebody else in 1991 really? whose name I forgot. <coughs> Only Tapai? No. Yeah, it was, I think it was Glenn somebody or other. But I, I so, so they didn't go on to uh, set They weren't great, no. Yeah. No. Well, I think um, I think Economides. I mean, that could be a big moment. Well, I think we could all be remembering this when he first made his debut. Yeah. Um, I did an interview with him um, that was on a four four two, and he's been playing it as a, a left winger mm. now. So um, yeah, he can play anywhere. And um, oh, I hope it is. Uh, it's the first of many debuts that he that he makes. 
Yeah, I mean, he came on and uh, he brought a spark of life, at least to the, the front <coughs> half. Um, but still, that was a great sneeze. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cough. That oh, was a cough, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but the attack up to then had been pretty toothless. Uh, Tommy Urich didn't have as great as game. No. Uh, nice air swing. Great air swing. Couple of missed opportunities. Ball watching, not great. Uh, Nathan Burns did a again did a messy shuffle yeah. through the box. Great Beautiful. dribbler. Uh, I mean, he's just turning into sensation of just getting past, running at defenders, getting past them. It's that final ball is just evading him at Socceroos level, mm. but I, I think it's going to come. It, yeah, it should. Uh, you, you keep running at players and keep shooting a goal. Just next time. Don't shoot at the goalkeeper. Shoot the blank space around around it. Yeah. But I wonder if he's wearing Scott McDonald's shirt when he played with the Socceroos. No, you know what I mean. You just it. hope. You've I'm, I'm not the one that's take the shirt or change shirts or something because um, yeah, I hope it's You've not the same the thing. Spectre. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think Lecky's wearing that shirt. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I won't have you say a bad word about my mate. <laughs> At least Lecky scored, though. Lecky has scored one goal. Sorry, Adam, I forgot, I forgot your love affair with, with Lex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, even Lecky did a, a fair bit of running, but there was a lot of wayward passes and there was a lot of... Mm. I mean, the, you know, the Macedonians were being solid, obstructive defenders and getting in the way and breaking, disrupting... Uh, our play whenever they could which is what they're supposed to be doing but we did struggle to get past them I thought well I thought uh, also another de- talking about debutants um, Tariq Ulrich had a very solid game as well he, he did make any yep. mistakes yep. Uh, um, so I thought that was uh, another another thing that Postacoglu does well with these friendlies is he bloods players so yep. the Aaron Moy stats yeah. Melbourne City posted them post game and they look very impressive but I can't say I, I actually was a bit disappointed with them to be honest I, can, I, I thought I saw a lot of wayward passes yeah. from them but st- stats say there was only two or three um, but they seem they must have been crucial ones because I got the impression there was more than that uh, he I felt could have done better uh, but apart from that as is Bech had a decent game he played out wide uh, and pushed forwards, uh, whereas Elrich stayed a bit further back yeah. for the most part. Uh, so, uh, John, uh, after the the Germany game, did you get any um, sort of indication from the Socceroos camp that um, this was very the, the Macedonia game would be treated as a, a much more of a friendly than the, as an exhibition game rather than um, the Germany game, which was maybe taken a bit more seriously. No, I mean, I, I think um, I think there was always the you know the, the directive to, to go out there and play well and um, do as well as they can. But there was also sort of countering that the the, the implication that there would be rotation. Um, you know, and sort of made it quite clear that he, everyone was going to basically get a game, get a run. Um, so you know, Federici. Uh, Langrak was injured for the Germany game. He, he might have played in that game, for instance. Mm. Um, so Federici and Langrak were always going to play. Um, I think you know Angie sort of made his preference for, for Davidson over Beige, um sort of clear at the Asian Cup, and you know so Beige was was going to play. Sainsbury and Luongo obviously were unavailable, so they were always going to play. So and, and you could see that you know El, uh, Elrich and Economides were were going to make the the debuts in the Macedonia game. So it was sort of obvious there was going to be a, a quite a few changes. Um, but I, I think the highlight of the game 
for me was the Vuvu Sailors, you know, it was like being in a time war back five years. Um, yeah, I wanted to neck myself at the end of that game. So. <laughs> it's interesting how, how many Vuvu Sailors could make so much noise when there was about 20 people in the crowd. And So there must have been a few Aussie journos um, with some Vuvu Sailors on <laughs> did, did anyone actually see an official crowd figure? Because I, I didn't see anybody. Literally, I didn't see anybody in the crowd at all. Was it Vivizales though? I thought yeah. it was just trumpets that, like, um, it was it was broken trumpets or, um, it like was drunken it was drunken Macedonian fans blowing them. Hell. And, I, and I thought that, that they were actually doing it to put off the Socceroos, but they were doing it when Macedonia was um, in attack as well. I think they so. were booing their own team. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of. I read I read one piece um, just after the game, and I think I think they said this, there was something like thirty five thousand maybe seat stadium and. It was maybe a tenth of that in terms of crowd. So I don't understand why was it such a small crowd. I mean, you have forty-five thousand well, Germans turn out to watch Australia and ten well, bloody Macedonians pre-game. I, th- I don't know if it was the coach or one of the players was saying that um, they're, uh, the fans are em- embarrassed to be in the same stadium as their own team. Such has been the, the way <laughs> they've performed. So I think they were they were doing a Western Sydney Wanderers and protesting. Um, and not turning up to the game, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I think Macedonia's been playing some Wanderers-esque football. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I was, was quite surprised by how many Macedonians were apologetic about this, the quality of their play uh, on Twitter. I saw that mm, Macedonian yeah. footy tweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a that was a great great tweet. I think. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, what was it? Mike Coleman, I think, wrote from New Zealand. And he, he mentioned that though he. he they saw, or he saw someone, you know, trying to give out free tickets before the game, and the Macedonians wouldn't take them. So, <laughs> so literally, I couldn't think even that give them how away. well the national teams regarded by their own fans Jeez. at the moment. And it, Skopje's not the easiest place. Um, you know, I obviously looked into to going from the UK. It's not the easiest place to get to um, in terms of you know flights. It's not sort of on the the EasyJet, Ryanair, mm. Cheapass. Um, I genuinely airline. had to look at Google Earth to find out where it was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in the Balkans somewhere, you know. Yeah. You know, all that that region's all that very. Bit that I never that, really uh, quite know where anything is. Yeah, and can't <laughs> work out how. If it was a jigsaw puzzle, that would be the bit that I never finish. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of the Socceroos, I thought Longo was playing too deep and ineffective, and he, I wanted to see him much further forward. I don't know why he was playing so deep. Yeah, I think uh, I think maybe um, Moy and uh, Longo. Probably too similar. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. Um, they did seem to be falling over themselves, and uh, we did seem to lose uh, uh, penetration as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, Longer was just way t- coming way too deep uh, and getting closed down too early. But I suppose it, when you're when you're playing against a team who is defensive, you there isn't as much space yeah. in that sort of. Middle third of the um, uh, of the opposition's half, so you um, you generally have to come back and try and pick up the ball just to get some ball time. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, which it, it just wasn't working out for us one way or another. I mean, the, the Maccas, if if they're uh, that's probably quite a racist term, actually, isn't it? Well, I don't but, know. I have the utmost respect for the Macedonian people and, <laughs> the and their culture and Alexander the Great. Yes, Macedonian. <laughs> Um, so the macadamias. The macadamias were. If that was their tactic to just disrupt and annoy and irritate and frustrate the Socceroos, yeah. ten out of ten. Well, I reckon succeeded. the macad- macadamians were a hard nut to crack. Yeah. Oh. 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 
Oh dear. Sorry. Moving on. That was that was that was quite good actually. Yeah, come on, you got to give me off the cuff. Off yeah, the cuff. That's some um, quality. Yeah. Horrible punning. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind the puns. So when? Who do the Socceroos play next? And when? Anybody know? So there is the the draw for the World Cup qualifiers is on the fourteenth of April. Uh, so we'll then find out who who is in our group, and the first game will be. I think it's the 16th of June. Yeah. Um, which could be if it's a if it's a home draw, uh, it could be in Perth. And it seems like uh, Chinese Taipei, uh, I think Singapore. Someone there was a duck. Someone, <laughs> <laughs> did the duck say something? Um, yeah. So I think those kind of teams could be the the first game we play. Yeah. So, and it will be a dress rehearsal. That game will be a dress rehearsal for a team that's going to be parking the bus and mm. sitting deep. So, all's not all is not wasted. No, we won't have done our uh, FIFA ranking any harm, at least with the the one all draw. Yeah, would have soared up if we'd won. Mm. But uh, we'll take the, the draws. Yeah, I, th- I think if if before the games they would have said you, you draw against Germany, but then you'll draw against Macedonia. Yeah, I would have taken that oh, quite yeah, comfortably. Yeah, and this was basically kind of like an unofficial World Cup, World Club, World Cup game. Um, yeah. The World Cup champions versus the Asian champions. Yeah, it's like the Confederations Cup. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we beat the Germany, we could have claimed as being the unofficial world champions yeah, for yeah. footballs. But um. But I, th- I think uh, was it was it Belarus who beat Germany in the group stage. Or some, uh, yeah, there was somebody like that. Someone yeah. recently in one of the in one of Germany's first uh, Europe, uh, European uh, Championship. Poland, I think. Was it Poland? Yeah. Yep. So, um, so but they are. It would have been awesome if we did beat them because beating the it was memories of when Australia beat um, Argentina in uh, was it nineteen yeah. um, eighty eight I think in Sydney and we claimed to have beaten the world champions. The gold cup. Yeah, so I think it would have been um, the headlines would have just gone crazy. So, but mm. you know, our draw is good enough. Yeah, the Socceroos have got a history of beating like the top nations, like Argentina. Yeah. Um, you know, they beat England, Holland. England, yeah, that team, yeah. <laughs> uh, that England reference was a bit ironic, but it kind of slipped below the uh, below the radar. <laughs> All right, I think the European middles. The so, highlight after the Germany game was was Ange to, in, in his post match press conference with the the ton of German German media who didn't want to talk to him. Um, you know, asked asked about the the reaction back home, and I think he said, um, "Well, it's early morning; people will be getting up to work, going to work, or maybe they won't be going to work." And it was sort of you know, echoes of the old Bob Hawke. You know, if you if you duck anyone today, you're a bummer. I mean, perhaps not as big as the America's Cup win, but um, yeah, Ange was 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 smiling. So that's always not always that common. So it was yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah, no, that, that kind of um, reminded me of um, a, a, a cross sport reference, but it was after the the World Cup cricket World Cup final on on Sunday, where. Um, Every player was being asked, "Are you thirsty? Are you oh, going to go sh- to the pub? Warny. Are you yeah. going to like? Oh, are, are you, you going to be drinking tonight? Are you on the piss? Yeah, and, and all, these, um, all these players are just like, um, yeah, probably. It's like, what's the right answer? You know, I need to seem <laughs> professional, but uh, I'm also celebrating. Um, I think I, that's. I think that's changed the nature of post-match interviews now. I'm going to try and get that more into, into my interviews. Are you, you know, Matty Ryan, are you thirsty? You know, have you, have you had a fine? I think we should get, get Tara on? Rushton rushing on the pitch after yeah, yeah, yeah. every match. <laughs> Matty, Matty, you're thirsty. You're thirsty, mate. <laughs> you on it. You're going to get on it, mate. Yeah. Come on. 
I can't remember who it was that said so. I can't um, I can't refer- reference them for this for this. But it was it was someone on on TV, and they came out and said it, it reminded you of like the kid who comes up to you like or, or the guy that no one really likes, and he's always like, oh, "Where are you going tonight? Where, where are you going out for a bit?" Just and then he just miraculously turns up on his own in the same pub that you are. Well, if I asked him for bike, he would have said, oh, "I'd just like to drink tea because he didn't drink alcohol." So. That doesn't surprise me at all about <laughs> Right, so should we conclude our Suckaroos chat there for um, for a few months? I think we've probably done it. Done yeah. our dash for a couple of weeks at least anyway. Great, well we'll take a little break and join us after this bit of music for um, some A-League chat. And uh, we are going to chat about the uh, A-League games. And we've still got Jonah Davison. Um, he's, he's decided to stick around and, and chuck in a, a few pearls of wisdom uh, and a few sort of pod gold that we've... Uh, that no we've... promises. No promises. <laughs> you may also hear him making a cup of coffee in the background <laughs> as well. So joy of FaceTime and a mobile phone. And, I, and I've got to say, the way he's moving around, it looks like it's a U2 film clip. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great for a Don't podcast. Get me singing. Don't get me singing. <laughs> <laughs> right then, let's start with Wednesday night's game, and uh, it, it was a result that we were far from tipping. It was a goal tsunami, but not the way we expected. No, I, I think there was a reference to who's going to score Wanderers' goals um, this round or in, in, the, in the last pod, and they bloody they, they put four past Brisbane. Yeah. In Wednesday night, in that Wednesday night game, so six games in as many days, in fewer days actually, three days. Uh, that's not bad going, considering they've probably scored fourteen all season up to now, or something. I reckon that's the best they've played all season. Uh, beautiful goals, um, mm. Bullet and uh, Rukovica and Castellan as well. Uh, quality play. The way um, the way they scored those goals, boom, boom, boom. I think is the the way I'd describe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Give us that description again. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you. Good. Um, which is a reference to the way they move the ball. One pass t- out to the left, cross into the um, into the middle, and then a shot straight at goal. So, mm. uh, and Brisbane, Brisbane's lost it. I think um, they they were doing so well, and they've just. To be fair, I think, I think they were just tired. Uh, I mean, it just finally caught up with them. They've, yeah. they've had a punishing schedule, uh, and they just. Ran out of uh, go Well, they had four plays missing due to international duties as well. Yeah, but yeah. I never would have expected a four-one loss. I wouldn't have. I don't think anybody would have tipped that. Tipped that at all. But I can see why it happened. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a, a big black mark in Brisbane Roar's uh, season, uh, despite the fact that you know losing four-one to the the bottom of the league shouldn't happen. 
it probably has terminated their any hope of getting into the finals. Yeah. But realistically, they shouldn't. They didn't deserve to be there anyway. Well, I reckon Brisbane Raw's final chances have gone from a raw to a meek purr. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you you wrote that I'm, one down. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> Come on, you got to give me points, please. <laughs> Thanks for the dead air, by the way. <laughs> I say that. There was there was some chuckles. Should I've gone? I, I, Should I've gone? I mention it, um, but I I saw a, a picture from the game, one of the, an action shot, and Cameron Bullet seemed to have uh, his surname tattooed on the back of his neck. Now. Is that? Did anyone else catch that? Is he? Is he got bullet written on the back of his neck, or is that? Nothing would surprise me no, about yeah. Karen Bullet. To be I, I've not seen that, but, but um, yeah. it's very, very possible. I think you know. I'm gonna have to find a. I'm gonna have to find a picture because it's it's interesting that you would get your own surname tattooed on the back of your neck because you know if you're struggling to remember it, you think maybe on the front through through a mirror you could be reflected. But hey, uh, I, I'm old. I don't know about these tattoo things these days. It probably would come in handy if you were a suicide bomber and your head got blown off. They would at least be able to identify the body immediately <laughs> by the tattoo. Uh, but that, that's quite extreme. Well, I just have all I, I have full respect for Bullet and his tattoos. I just want to say that quietly. But um, I don't think even the teardrop one. Yeah, I love the teardrop one. Seriously, I've, I've got a bit of a tattoo myself. Yeah, so. but a teardrop tattoo on well, the face. I don't know. I think that's what you get if you're in a gang, don't you? Or if you go to jail. Another, another tattoo question. With the teardrop, isn't the teardrop filled in? That's mean, that means you've killed a man? Is that? Yeah, I think if you... Yeah, yeah. many murderers in jail get those, isn't that? From watching those yeah. TV shows? That, that was my sort of knowledge on the... I can only imagine that's misguided, though, because mm. he's a footballer, not a murderer. Just, I want to stress that for legal purposes. Yeah, I, yeah well, I just want to reiterate, I fully respect Bullet and his choices in anything he does. Yeah. Just in case he is. Right. Ramon, I love your work. Um, but no, 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 on a serious note, it's actually just great to see him playing football. I mean, I remember when he came on for the Young Socceroos and was it seven, eight goals in um, 2011, 2012 in that, in that Asian Championship, the under 20 Championship, and he was, everyone was sort of tipping him to be a huge star and you know, he, he just had an eye for goal and sort of gone off the into the wilderness for a few years in Turkey and Czech Republic. But now he's back and you know he's with something like four or five goals in four or five games. Well, yeah, so, it's five and five um, after the Perth yeah, game. Yeah, I mean that's that's sensational. That's what that's what Australian football needs is a, a pure striker who, who knows his way to goal. So I hope he he keeps going and you know we'll, we'll see him back in the green and gold. Um, yeah, not, not not too long. Preferably with no more tattoos, especially uh, uh, teardrop ones. Yeah, uh, I think you know I think I, one of Ange, one of Ange on his on his um, one of Ange possibly sort of on his um, uh, on his shoulder would be on, his bicep, on, on his bicep. On his bicep. So when he yeah. flexes, it, Ange smiles. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be very realistic, then, would it? <laughs> um, Right, we'll, we'll, we'll crack through these. Um, so, the Friday night game was, um, well, well, Mariners scored one, Finkler scored two. The Fink won 2 1. Finkler is showing the class that uh, he's also in the team, and Cal Fallas not just the only uh, aggressive, exactly. attacking, scoring midfielder they've got. Mm. And is that an official nickname, the Fink? Because I think. I don't know about that. I think it is. I think really? so. Yeah. No, the Fink. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think uh, this week was a, all the teams that won were um, one ugly, uh, and 
uh, Kevin Musker was saying that as well. They were, they were a bit sluggish in the first 20 minutes. But beautiful goals by Finkler. Yeah, um, well, that's... That, they they played ugly, but they scored beautifully. Yeah, I think is the way to well, put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I would take that any yeah. any day. Those mm. goals from Finkler were absolute one hundred percent class. I mean, you would pay good money to see them in any league anywhere. Yeah. They were absolutely top notch. It was like the first one was just getting his eye in, and yeah. then the second one was like, yeah, yeah. I can do this from anywhere Jeez. now. I know yeah. what I know where the goal is. Yeah. You can see him and Kalfala trying, both trying that in training over and over again yeah. and egging each other on, probably in competition with each mm. other in training. Uh, because the, Kalfala's been trying to do similar shots as well. Well, he scored one of weeks. the previous week. Now, it wasn't a curler, but it was from a similar position, yeah. wasn't it? Where yeah. he drilled it into the bottom corner. Uh, I just uh, got upset that the commentator didn't say that's uh, up where the pigeons live. I haven't heard that for a while. Spiders. So, Spiders. Up with the pigeons. Well, um, pigeons are in the stands. But the pigeons hang out there too, don't they? No. No? no. Just the spiders? spiders? Just spiders up there. Oh, okay. Uh, what the... Is, is that... I've never heard that phrase before. Where the pigeons... Or the spiders. Oh, the spiders. Is in the top corner. Top corner is where the spiders hang out. <laughs> pigeons are in the stands. There we go. Oh, but well. at Amy Park, it's always the, the seagulls anyway. Well, pigeons think- are on the, on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody up shit where the seagulls often. live, perhaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. but not in the goals. Sorry, mate. You're, you're flogging, flogging a dead bird there. <laughs> um, um, city. And um, roar back roar. in action again. Game was over and done with in five minutes, really, wasn't it? Gamano's mm. uh, strike again. Understrength sides, both teams. Not very pretty. On, no. his, on his 50th appearance well it was good to see Josh Kennedy get a um, have an impact in that game um, he was his header c- caused the ball to um, for Germano to, uh, yeah. to, to uh, pop it in but um, just talking about Brisbane uh, I'm not going to say what I said again but they've uh, they, they were they won um, they were five games undefeated where they won three and drew two and then the last four games they've lost mm. so their finals charge um, I don't think they're letting it slip. I think they've had uh, circumstances because they're playing in the Asian Champions League and they've had players out. And also, Broich um, hasn't been playing and they've lost Hen- yeah. uh, Henrique. Henrique. Broich is, is coming back. Uh, he should be fit for this weekend, I think. But Henrique, uh, but Henrique, Henrique is out for the season. end of the yeah. season. Um, but I think uh, I was at the Sydney FC game when they came back and when it was 4 1 and they made it 5 4. And I thought Brisbane looked a good chance to yeah. do something, but yeah, they've just slipped, slipped, and yeah, that um, that was a six pointer, and Melbourne City's um, streaked ahead of them. Well, we, we 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 did we sat here and spoke probably about five weeks ago, and said how actually if you look on if you look at the games left, and Brisbane had a few games in hand, yeah, they with a majority at home, they were strong favourites to make it make it into that six into that top six, and and now it's. You know, you can't see anything, anything past City now. I think, in, in, in hindsight, the reason that we thought there were a chance to make it in is actually the reason why they haven't made it in because yeah. they had such a cramped schedule, yeah. such a depleted squad. I, th- uh, I think, I think, yeah, Kev's, Kev, Kev's right. I mean, obviously, um, Devere and Mackay weren't there, and then they had two Ollie Roos away as well, and then the Slippery Fish um, uh, picked up an injury. So I think Luke Bratton was playing defence. So when you know that that many troops down, I don't think they've, they've had much of a chance. I said a few weeks ago that I thought the the real ladder was the the goal difference one, and I still stand by that. Yeah. Actually, I think that's the way it's going to play out by the end of the season. 
Uh, I think I think though, not to be um, you know unfair to Raw or, or City fans this season though, but it didn't really matter who finishes six because they haven't really got a chance in hell. I think the, the top five are quite even. Anyone can beat anyone in that in that group on their day, and it makes for an interesting um, finish. And then you've obviously got the absolute crap of the the Jets and um, uh, some other teams at the bottom. So, I'm, <laughs> and I'm a Jets fan, so I can I can say that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the so, gulf between yeah, the top five and bottom five is just huge this time. And it's so yeah. tight at the top. That's the thing. It's, I, don't, I don't actually remember having five teams this close, this no. near the end of the season. I think 2000... Uh, what was the year that Sydney lasted the double? Was it 2005? 20, no, 2009. 2010? 2009, 2010. Yeah, 2010, yeah. yeah there was a top four, I think, were yeah. neck and neck right up to the final game. But top five like this, I've, uh, we've never mm. seen that. Before. It was also a season where the uh, it was the last game of the um, the last round. Every game counted. When yeah, Sydney that, FC that. played on the um, on the sand on the sand dune, um, and Melbourne victory um, held them to a two all draw, and the Mariners won uh, the championship. I think. Um, so yeah, that's and I, and I was thinking um, perhaps Damien Dubuon could make it a top five. Instead of a top six, <laughs> well, just for this season. Uh, just for this season, yeah. 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 Just, I, I, I think. Do you reckon <laughs> moving forward, actually, top five is definitely better than top six? Uh, I mean, when you've got sixty percent of the league making the finals, yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, top four would be my idea, but FFA needs to make the cash from having six. Yeah, but yeah. five they could still make a decent water cash from mm. still. It's also interesting that the Raw and the Wanderers were easily the, the two best teams last season, obviously in the grand final, and they've kind of been also runs this season. So it shows in a, in a salary cap league how much things can change in you know six, seven months. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen it happen before with Jets especially. Uh, you know, 2008, they went from top to bottom. Um, but they were that was because their side yeah, was then ravaged. They got they got every, all the major stars were signed up. That was the beauty of Ron Constantine um, riding with the trophy um, in his lap on the bus back. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this year, I mean, most the the roar for the most part have kept a fairly intact side. They lost Franich and uh, Borussia, which are two huge losses. Yeah. Wanderers lost Ono. Uh, who else did they lose? Uh, they lost a couple, but. Not quite as ravaged as as Jets certainly were, but I think I think it's just a testimony to the the tight schedule with the ACL. Uh, throw in the FFA Cup coming up, mm-hmm. uh, and your uh, World Club Cup as well. Yeah, uh, it really doesn't leave. We don't have the squad depth to cope with that. And also with the Wanderers, I just wanted to say um, I did a clean sheets ladder, and the Western Sydney Wanderers last season had ten clean sheets. And this season they've only had two, and they're mm. coming last there as well. So I think that was their biggest thing that they they would um, score one goal, keep hold the tight. lead, keep it tight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, now they're conceding and goalkeeper rotation won't have helped that no. as well. Which which is amazing. I think their, turn, their turnover of players, you know, what, what Mullen was there for a while and then he left, and obviously the Hamels come in and they've had a, a quite a few new players and a, a bit of turnover, and I think. Um, that's been one of the reasons for for, for their decline. It's uh, been unsettling all around. You know, I don't think they they know what their first well, the team payout, is. I don't think the they have a first team, first eleven. That's the thing. Remember the payout for the World Club Championship. You know, the, the dramas over that. They almost didn't play in that. I mean, that's not going to help. Yeah, it's true. Harmony and um, 
you know, togetherness is it at the club. So it's been a tough, tough year for them. Um, it'll be interesting, really interesting to see what happens next season and if they can maybe bring in a marquee or, you know, a big name and, and you know, turn things around because um, they've just had three sort of years of, what, three seasons of pure success or two and a half, whatever it was. Um, and then obviously the, the bubbles burst a little bit. Yeah, well, I suppose that that said, you know, we're we're looking at the gulf between the top and the bottom. Um, Perth Wanderers on Saturday night, three two. I, I don't think anyone picked that it was going to be that close. It took an absolute screamer to to win it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh Risen's goal was <laughs> came from nowhere. Yeah, superb. Um, Only a second but- goal as well, ever. Having said that, also, you know, I think Perth Glory are in decline as well. They're struggling to, to stay in touch with the rest uh, after such a long run. Kyo's um, winning golden touch has just eluded yeah. them completely now. And that was their first win in 10 games, Perth. And yeah. what was funny about that goal is apparently Kenny Lowe was yelling at Josh Reason to pass it. Instead of shoot <laughs> from the sideline, so and I and I love how he was honest about that as well. So um, to be fair, Risen had just had a shot about five minutes earlier, which yeah. had gone skywards. I think almost went only just come back into the down from its orbit. Where the pigeons live? Yeah, where the pigeons live? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the seagulls. <laughs> Very few spiders. And he the, also, other one, the other one hit not the spiders off. Yeah, <laughs> and he also was the one that um, gave Kerem, um gave the pass to. Uh, that allowed Karen Bullet to make it two all, um, and I just wanted to say also Karen Bullet. Um, did he miss out on hugs when he was a kid? Because every time he scores, he just runs to the Wanderers fans and wants to hug them all. <laughs> and um, he should probably celebrate more too. I think Karen Bullet doesn't doesn't I, I, show I, I his think enthusiasm it enough. Doesn't show his emotions. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't wear him on his sleeve because he keeps taking his shirt off. <laughs> Bullock's spiritual home is the RBB, though. I mean, yeah. if ever there was a player that was born to be one of those fans, it's pretty much him, I think. He wears, he wears his heart on his sleeve tattoo. Oh, well Ooh. done. You haven't done Yeah, I'll take Ooh. that one. All definitely. Right. <laughs> maybe, Sydney, maybe let's scoring move on. again. As well, uh, I, th- I think that's a good point to move on. If there's a bad pun, yeah, that ends yeah, that yeah, topic yeah. of conversation, and you move Terrible on to the next game yeah. just to claim a bit of uh, walk over the corpse. And yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> the bad pun silence. All right, come on now, Con. You must be you must be pretty happy about this. this yes, uh, we had um, our striker Willy Al Yankovic um, not playing, Mark no. Yanko. So um, and we came away with a three goal uh, three goal win, and w- we played very ugly. And I don't even know how those three goals happened. Um, uh, we certainly didn't uh, um, we didn't play our best football. But yeah, I'll, I'll take those uh, a three goal win, especially um, when you have. Uh, um, I think the first goal was a mistimed volley. The second goal was um, an offside that wasn't, and then the third goal was a ricochet. So yeah. And um, then we had one of our def- Shane Smeltz wanted two weeks off, and um, he did. He wanted to have some time with his family over Easter. I think we were talking about before. Yep. So yeah. yeah, that was definitely. Uh, I'm having Easter off. Red card. That one unnecessary. Uh, and yeah, good on him. I'm sure the family will be delighted that he's not flying yeah. away next weekend. It's good. Uh, but Phoenix was depleted side. I mean, it was. Wasn't even the B team, C team stuff yeah. almost for them. Uh, I th- we, we predicted that this was going to be a, a Sydney win, and and to be honest, I, I actually thought it would be a little bit more comfortable for Sydney. 
Um, but as you said, they made a they, they made a bit of hard work of it. Uh, so, uh, how many players were Sydney missing? I think just, just two. Just they just had Yanko and, and um, Tro- uh, not Troisi, um, Antonis. Oh, Antonis, yeah. Yeah, but um, Dimitrovic played. They they were a bit sloppy at the beginning. They um, I think Dimitrovic gave the ball away and uh, Griffiths ran in through on goal. And if he if he scores that, yeah. I think it's a different game. And then um, yeah, just some lucky goals. Uh, if you're a Wellington, if you're Wellington, you would have, you would say that they conceded some um, unlucky goals. And uh, yeah, and also you've got to feel for Wellington. That was a top of the table clash. Um, they had f- six players out, and th- the World Cup final was on, which meant an empty stadium. Yeah. So I think w- you've got to feel a little bit for Wellington Phoenix because in any other circumstance, if they had their full um, full roster, and if it was it wasn't the World Cup final was on, and a, and say it was a Saturday night game, yeah, you you would have the it would have been buzzing um, at, in Wellington, but. Uh, yeah, just um, you got to feel uh, feel a little bit sorry for Wellington, not too much because Sydney got the win. Yeah. But yes, that that Sydney needed that to get um, back in in contention for the Premier's plate and to get the um, top two spot. And yeah, and and what, Ryan Grant probably should remember to bring his shirt next time before he plays because <laughs> that was kind of the funniest. That was one of those um, you know it's the A League moment. It's going to make JFC's outtakes uh, video for the end of the season, yeah. guaranteed. Um, so that that pushes Sydney uh, into third. Wellington still top, but it's very close up there. Uh, the final game, which Adelaide, who you know of any team, they needed this. Yeah, they they really did need this to stay in contention. Um, you know, if, if and Newcastle looked pretty good early doors. They they had a few I have chances. To say, you know, and Newcastle were. Looking good and unlucky at the beginning of the season, then everything went to yeah. shit for them. Uh, Stubbins just completely uh, lost the plot uh, and destroyed, wrecked the joint. Uh, but since then, you can see the steadily coming back into it. And if they had the full strength side that they started the season with, I think they'd been getting wins by now. Mm. But Stubbins has done what Stubbins has done and destroyed the team that they had. And as a result, they're still losing, and albeit unluckily. Yeah. What do you think, John? You're a Newcastle boy. You must be. Uh, yeah. We're, <laughs> how long have we got left? Podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I think Kevin's right. I mean, I think yeah. The first I can remember the first couple of games of the season. That you know, the first game of the season, I think the Mariners got a goal in injury time, which you know they didn't deserve, and it should have been a win for the Jets. They they were sort of a little bit unlucky, and then they just got steadily worse had the mutiny and the implosion early January. But the last few games have actually played well. I mean, um, as much as I think, you know, what, what happened, Phil Stubbins has got to take a lot of blame for that. He's, he's actually sort of built a bit of a, a bit of discipline in that team and they're, they're hard to break down. Um, they're sort of still lacking goals, but, um, you know, probably unlucky not to get a point against Adelaide. You know, compare that with the 7-0 uh, mid-January, you know, during the Asian Cup when that was one of the worst... Performances, I think the A leagues, let alone seen, let alone you know the Jets. That's probably the worst ever Jets performance. So I'm just interested. I mean, the, the, the Jets season's been a write-off for quite some time. I mean, what's ha- going to happen next season? Do you, do you keep Phil Stubbins? They're, they're signing up a few players in the Korean um, uh, league. Lee. I think yeah. he's yeah, he's just signed. A, I saw a, a thing this morning. He's he's just signed for for next season, I believe. So they've still only got, I think, about ten or twelve players contracted for next season. So 
who you bring in, do you change the coach? And obviously, is Tinkler going or staying? I think there's still big questions over the future of the Jets. Yeah, I'd be keen to know what his KPI is to keep his job this season. Yeah. I mean, I can't see anything where he's succeeded. Uh, he could point to as success. And like I say, if he'd had the players that he started the season with against Adelaide, I, I think they would have won that game. I think his man management is clearly not up to handling experienced veteran players. Uh, and he can only cope with youth players who he can manipulate to do his, what he wants. But he does do that very well. Mm. You know, he, he can turn out a team well tactically, uh, providing the players are willing to do exactly as they're told. Uh, yeah, it's inter- interesting to see David Carney back in the fold. I mean, they tried to sack him. Uh, which they couldn't do. That was illegal. They, uh, from what I heard, allegedly, uh, you know, manufacturing a third breach of his contract, and now he's back in the squad. So you just sort of look at that and go, "Well, what the hell's going the on?" The man so. management is just appalling. I mean, you, this is where I think Stubbins would make a great assistant coach. Yeah, um, but he's he's going to struggle to find anyone that's going to take him on after mm. this performance. But as a head coach, I just don't think he's got what it takes. Uh, unfortunately, so far. Do you think Tinkler will stick around till next season, John? Do you? What, what do you th- uh, well, I, I can't see him. To be honest, I mean, uh, it's hard to know exactly because he's uh, he's a bit of an Enrique, he's a bit of a slippery fish, old Tinks. But um, <laughs> I think I think he's waiting to be bought out. You know, I think he you know he hasn't got that many assets that actually. Well, it's arguable whether the Jets make money, but he hasn't got many many more assets left. You know, he sold all his resources, he sold a lot of his mines that were underperforming. So unless the FFA or, or Dundee United comes in and says, here's a, a big wad of cash, off you go. He, he's going to hold on for as long as he can. And obviously, mm. you know, he's cut down budgets. They're not really signing any players. Well, they haven't been signing any players of note. You know, they're sort of loans or youngsters or players who can't get a gig anywhere else. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I, I, to be honest, I'd love to see him go and get someone fresh in, in there and you know sort of sweep a broom through the place really I think that's what's needed but um, at the moment you can't really see it happening and um, there's still been some some I, I know this knows the Newcastle Herald's been doing some reports about late payments for the players last week I think it was the yeah. week before so no issues there going on but I think the FFA's that, been I think that's what the FFA is just waiting for those is that full clear breach of uh, the rules that they can then step in and take the licence off them and it's just a waiting game as far as they're concerned they'll be happy to run the club they'll have they're completely cash rich at the moment they can afford to run it quite happily but they're not going to pay Tinkler a penny for his licence yeah. no, well, that, that's, that's where the, the, the dispute is yeah I think they can afford to run it but they don't want to um, I think oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It, if there's no terms they sort of They've had the, the Clive Palmer experience, um, you know, the, the mad uh, mining billionaire. Um, you know, they don't want it to, to go down that path again, so they're sort of mm. treading carefully. But the unfortunate thing, particularly for, for Newcastle fans, it's sort of, you know, fiddling while Rome burns. And, yes, obviously Newcastle's not Rome by any way, shape or form. But, um, you know, the club's just gone from crisis to crisis. So it's very, very sad to see. And obviously, you know, a lot of the, the top talents are leaving. Andrew Hill, for example... Um, leaving and you know you couldn't blame any Newcastle player whether they're from the area or not to, to go to another A-League club because it doesn't seem to be a bright future there 
Absolutely. Good stuff. Brilliant. Well, uh, we might have to quickly um, move on and go through some score predictions for this weekend. I've only got 2% battery left on my my iPad as well, I've just realised. So, um, even quicker than than we would do normally. Um, Brisbane Mariners. Kev? Uh, 1-0 Brisbane. Uh, Con? Uh, 2-0 Brisbane. I went for 2-0 as well. Uh, John, we'll, uh, we'll have to skip you on this. But um, you can have a think about it if you want to tweet your score predictions, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll see how one they uh, how they compare. What one nil Mariners? Yeah. All right, go on then. Wanderers City. Two nil City. Two nil City. Come one all. One all. And John. Two nil Wanderers. I've gone for one nil Wanderers. And then um, Saturday night Sydney Adelaide. Come on, Sydney. 2-1 Sydney. 2-1 Sydney. I've gone 2-1 Sydney as well. 2-0 uh, Sydney. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Wellington victory on Sunday afternoon. I've gone 2-2 two, two for this. I've gone 2-2 two, two as well. Uh, the old Desmond. Yeah. I've gone 2-0 Wellington. Ooh. Big call. John? I think 2-0 victory, actually. Ooh. And the final. I, I love how it's Thursday to Monday. There's a game every day. This oh, so it. there is, of course. Yeah, Woo-hoo. Easter weekend. Brilliant. Monday. Um, Newcastle Perth on the Monday. Big one one. One one. Perth the drawing. I I I bat them for a draw this week. I said last week that Perth would ke- continue with their drawing habits. They bloody won. Come. I reckon two all. Two all. So you're going draws. John? Uh, I'd love to tip the Jets, but no, I think glory 2-0. 2-0. I've gone 3-1. Um, lovely stuff. Well, um, I'm still on 2%, but I might have to just wrap this up quickly. Um, uh, Johnny, thanks a lot for, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Great to be back on after an enforced uh, absence. Oh, it's a, we, we, we should do this more often. We should, yeah. yeah. Kev Con, thanks a lot. No worries. Thanks for having me again. Very welcome. And thank you listeners for tuning in. We'll uh, we'll speak to you next week.